You know, it's simple math. The latest Stanford football news, plus three things you need to know around Stanford Athletics, plus one of my favorite all-time TreeCast guests, equals another must-listen-to episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Glad you're with us. Wednesday, October 21st. 2020. Hope you've had a great week so far. Hope you're doing whatever you need to do to make sure we stop the spread of COVID-19 and that you are making your plans to vote if you have not done so already. But we certainly thank you for carving time out of your very, very busy day, given all of those things and spending it here with us. I'm in Detroit, Clarity. Hello. Great to have you with us. Fire it up to have our special guest with us later on in the program. One of my all-time favorite human beings on the planet and for my money he is the star of sports center with svp former stanford tight end the one and only stanford steve coughlin is our guest coming up a bit later on in the show looking forward to picking his brain around college football to this point what he expects from the pac-12 from the stanford cardinal and just what it's been like on the Sports Center program with SVP this year of all years. So it uh, should be a fun chat. It always is. Uh, I've worked with Steve back at uh, ESPN Radio back in lovely Bristol, Connecticut, and uh, always love chatting with him. So uh, we will we will do that a bit later on in the show. Plus, we'll hear some of David Shaw's latest thoughts on Stanford football as he met with the media on Tuesday afternoon. Get his thoughts as the Cardinal continue to ramp up towards November the 7th, and the opener in Eugene against the Oregon Ducks. A couple quick ground notes, of course. I'm Troy Clarity. Follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. And if you have not subscribed to the program via your favorite listening app, what are you waiting for? It's about to get really good. Now is the perfect time to do it. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, we got you covered. Subscribe to the show no matter which way you want to go. Uh, the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Glad you're with us as uh, we are coming up on my 28th season of following Stanford football. Holy smokes. College football not quite in full swing with everybody as the Big Ten gets into the fold this week. Pac-12, of course, in a couple of weeks. But the NFL season is in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online and there's always the online casino it never closes so head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag and sign up today bet online your online sportsbook experts our next order of business is to get you three things you need to know around Stanford Athletics. What's happening on the farm? Campus is pretty much closed to the rest of us, but that doesn't mean that that nothing's happening. Au contraire. Let's dive into it all with number <laughs> And I wish I was starting off with a better headline here, but, but Stanford has paused team activities for members of the Stanford women's soccer and men's soccer squads due to an uptick in positive COVID-19 tests. Stanford reported nine new cases last week. That is up from zero cases the week before. And the nine positive tests all came from Stanford student-athletes. A uh, Stanford athletic spokesman and a university spokesman both declined to comment to the Stanford Daily on the conditions of those student-athletes, but uh, they are all self-isolating 
on campus. And uh, it's unfortunate that we still have to worry about this, and we do. Uh, we, we, we wish those uh, student athletes the very best. Have them hope, hope that they stay healthy and hope that you stay healthy too and uh, wear a mask. I, I know I say it multiple times every show. Wear a mask, wash your hands, do everything you need to do to help stop the spread. And uh, hopefully we don't have to have too many of these COVID-19 updates going forward on the farm. Let's get to number two. <laughs> And the pieces of Stanford football schedule keep getting filled in. We know that big game up in Berkeley is scheduled for November 27th. That is the day after Thanksgiving. Now we also know that kickoff will be at 1 p.m. That was announced on Tuesday afternoon. Fox will broadcast the game. A 1 p.m. kick for big game? Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. I mean, I'm, personally, I'm still quite partial to 1230 the Saturday before Thanksgiving, but... I'm, I'm not really going to fuss too much about this, given everything else. Pac-12 has announced start times for all of its Friday games. All other kickoff times will be announced at least 12 or 6 days in advance. You've li been listening to the show for a while. You know what a big fan I am of the 6-day window. Yes, that's sarcasm. But that also means that we could know the kickoff time for Stanford's opener at Oregon by early next week. So that is uh, certainly good news. Speaking of schedules taking shape, let's finish it up with number three. Remember the April 8th episode of the TreeCast? I, I realize in a lot of ways, April 8th seems like it was a long, long time ago. But our special guest on that episode was Mark Madsen, all-time Stanford men's basketball great, current head coach at Utah Valley. And during that chat, Mad Dog and I had this exchange. Who knows? Maybe uh, Wolverine's Cardinal. Maybe a uh, home and home. Let's see, <laughs> let's see what happens there. What do you think? What do you say? <laughs> hey, Stanford has a great team. Hopefully at some point in the future we can, uh, we can get a game. Well, what do you know? Some point in the future is now November 25th. Mark Manson and the Utah Valley Wolverines are slated to come to Maples on that date. It will be the Wolverines' season opener. For the Cardinal, it will be a tune-up before Stanford heads to the Maui Gym Invi the Maui Invitational in Asheville, North Carolina. But the Cardinal and the Wolverines will meet on the basketball court. Awesome to see Mark Madsen. That's going to be a lot of fun to uh, have him back on the farm. Don't forget, he actually had a stint as a Stanford uh, assistant coach uh, for a time or two. So always great to see Mark Madsen back on the farm. And hey, don't forget, you heard it here first. Further proof that you should always be listening to the TreeCast. Those are three things. Yeah, that chat with uh, Mark Madsen was on April the, the April 8th edition of the show, one-on-one -on -one, um, with the Mad Dog. And that's just one of uh, a bunch of uh, fantastic interviews that we've had, quite honestly, over the past few months since we joined the Believe Podcast Network uh, back in February. And uh, we've, had some, we've, we've had some pretty cool guests. Uh, on the show over the past few months, Senator Cory Booker. We've had David Shaw on for a couple of exclusive chats, one-on-one uh, -on -one with him. Uh, Jared Haas, Tar Vanderveer, uh, Troy Walters, Brevin Knight, uh, Ivan Mazel, Rod Gilmore, and another fantastic uh, Stanford-related guest coming up uh, on this week's show in just a few minutes or so. So if you want to go back into the vault, I highly recommend it. You want to uh, revisit some of the uh, fantastic interviews that uh, we have had. I always encourage that. 
and uh, Mark Madsen was certainly one of those when he jumped on with us back in April. Our special guest this week, Steve Coughlin with ESPN. We'll talk to him coming up in just a couple of minutes or so. But first, David Shaw, Stanford football head coach, spoke to the media on Tuesday afternoon and gave us the latest and greatest with Stanford football. Let's give you some of the, the pertinent sound bites and takeaways from that right here and now. And, and Stanford has moved on to the contact portion of its training camp where guys are finally starting to put on the pads and have full contact and get into, into scrimmage-type situations as everything ramps up for the next couple weeks or so. David Shaw was asked for his assessment of Stanford's first scrimmage this fall. Uh, good, about about like you'd imagine the first live scrimmage from uh, um, in training camp, where most guys most guys haven't tackled anybody um, in a year plus. Uh, so some very good, some not so good. Um, but it's what you have to do to, to, so that you can get those, those plays out of your system um, before you start playing the game. So, um, and that's, that's guys making tackles and guys breaking tackles. Um, I think it was physical. Um, I think it was good tempo, um, probably another level I think that we can reach that we didn't quite reach in that first scrimmage. Um, but, you know, once again, we don't have a whole lot of time to, to make up that ground. So, I think we're running. I think we're being physical. Um, we're not where we need to be to be able to be able to play a football game just yet. Um, but I think it was a good start. You know, once again, this not being able to to go live and tackle anybody in a year um, has has been difficult. But um, I think we uh, we're off to a good start. So Shaw says they're off to a good start, especially considering that some guys haven't engaged in any live contact or in any live tackling at all in almost a year now, which is mind-boggling to think about it, but when you think about it even more, yeah, that that sounds about right. So a good start for Shaw, but I'm sure that he is much, much more concerned about where things go from here and how much the team improves from this point on. As it's not, you hear me say it all the time, ain't how you start, it's how you finish. It's just the beginning, just the beginning. One tried and true training camp question is, hey, coach, who's ahead of things right now? The offense or the defense? I asked David Shaw that very question myself. The best thing for me is when they go back and forth. Um, and I think when we started initially, I think the defense has been ahead. I think the offense through some insulation has, has kind of caught back up a little bit. So I think we're in a good battle right now, um, which is which is positive for me. You'd hate to see one side of the ball not uh, carrying its weight at all, but um, – uh, I think it's, I think it's close. Thankfully it's close. You know, defense usually starts a little bit faster because they, you know, offense doesn't have a lot of insulation and defense is uh, defense really started off really uh, running well and, and, and being physical um, offensively. I think we've been caught up to a certain degree, but um, I think it's, it's pretty even right now. So Shaw says for the most part, it's been evenly matched to this point in fall camp, but, but keep in mind the offense isn't running with its full playbook right now. They haven't installed every single thing that they want to install uh, before the season. So those moments where the defense is ahead of the offense, quite honestly, probably about to be expected. And now that being said, I'm sure that those days where the defense is performing better than the offense is a bit of a building block 
for that side of the ball, for the defensive side of the ball, especially because, look, let's face it, I think, I think that most of us have, have bigger questions about Stanford defensively heading into the 2020 season right now than we do about the offense, right? I mean, safeties, uh, inside linebackers, defensive line, and to a lesser extent, without Paulson Adebo, uh, the cornerbacks too. I mean, look, you lose your best cornerback. You know, I, I can't say that the defensive back room is better without Paulson Adebo in it. No, that, that would be that, that would be silly for me to say. I mean, there are some there are some instances where where you can't have addition by subtraction. This is not one of those instances. So interesting to hear David Shaw's read on things. And he seems encouraged that it's not the offense going out there and just just running up points and looking like the 1999 Rams or or something like that, you know, or that it's the defense going out there and, and looking like the 1976 Steelers or something. So, you know, good to see the give and take, good to see the back and forth, and, and good to hear that the defense is showing up on some days and, make, and having some impressive performances. But again, keep in mind, offense is not operating to its full capabilities at this point in camp. What is that the uh, uh, the uh, the Emperor says in Return of the Jedi? Oh, as you can see, the Death Star is quite operational. We haven't reached that point with the Stanford offense yet. Defensively for Stanford, a position unit to watch is the outside linebackers. We didn't really talk about them um, in, the, in that brief little run up there, but and, and I like the, the the guys that are that are going to be doing the bulk of the work as it seems right now for the Cardinal on the outside linebacker spot, Jordan Fox, uh, Andres Fox, and uh, Toby Umara uh, also in the mix as well. How have those guys been doing? How have the outside linebackers been doing as a unit? David Shaw's thoughts. Uh, we got a bunch of guys. There's a lot of bumps and bruises going on in that position. Um, I think most guys have progressed beyond where they were last year. Um, um, but we, we still have a ways to go out there. So we're, we're working through a lot of stuff, but um, I'm I'm pleased with where we are, knowing that we still have a, a much higher ceiling than than where we are now. Yeah, and, and I like the qual the quality that we have seen from Stanford at the outside linebacker spot to this point, specifically with Jordan and uh, Andres Fox. So both of those young men have, have had some pretty good moments uh, in, in the in the course of their Cardinal careers to this point. Um, is the quantity behind them? That perhaps needs to be developed a bit, but outside linebacker, amazingly enough, is, is is a spot where I don't have that many questions, or at least certainly as many questions as I might uh, concerning other position units around the Stanford defense. Finally, look, intellectual brutality is the Stanford football brand, right? You know, breaking guys, bringing out seven, eight offensive linemen and just running it down your throat, especially in key and critical situations. Nastiness, a critical component of that intellectual brutality. David DeCastro and, 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 and guys like that really helping to lead the way in that respect over the last uh, dozen years or so for Stanford. David Shaw was asked, how about that offensive line this year and how it's shaping up and, and who's bringing the nasty there? I love where the whole group is right now. Um, Drew Dahlman is the leader of the group, and he's really setting the tone in all facets. Um, and, and I'm very proud of where he is, and he's continuing to improve and push himself as well. But 
Um, Drew's setting the tone, but the guys are are really starting to gel, which is great. That's David Shaw, and and look, Drew, the the president of the Drew Dalman fan club appears to be David Shaw. I mean, he was he was hyping up Drew uh, to anyone who would listen, even last year, and uh, he's really trying to get that hype train moving again this year, and, and rightfully so in a season that, as most of us are fully aware, was personnel wise difficult at best for the Stanford offensive line. But the guy who held it all together and the guy who has emerged as the leader of this offensive line to this point is Dahlman at the center. And his importance to Stanford offensively cannot be underestimated. But also it would be nice to see him bring a little nasty as well. So those were some of David Shaw's thoughts on uh, Stanford football. Uh, He said the team has some bumps and some bruises, uh, Jordan Fox being one of them. Uh, Don't expect any any detailed injury updates until game week. So probably not that much in in that department um, next week either, but uh, when when, when we really start to get into full preparation for the Oregon Ducks and that game, that's when we'll likely get a more complete picture of Stanford as far as its health. And really, we'll get more of a complete picture overall on on how guys are looking, and we've we've moved into the into the contact portion of practices, as mentioned. And and, and look, before that, before guys could even put on pads, you know, coaches could only give you know generalities, right? I mean, because they haven't really seen these guys, and they they hadn't really seen these guys, and what they could do until they put on pads, until they get in contact situations, and until they see what happens when. When situations are are much more alive than they are than when guys are running around in shorts, uh, some coaches call it the underwear Olympics with guys running around out there uh, without any pads on or anything like that. But it's easier to get coaches takeaways on guys starting now. Now that we've had some 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 full contact practices, some scrimmages. Now that we see where guys are really starting to stack up. You know, where, you know, I mean, guys might look great coming out of the weight room. Uh, and, 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 and apparently they have. There's been noticeable differences, particularly from amongst guys in the trenches. And that is a welcome development, especially when you're growing from a freshman to a sophomore. And now you have a full years of college football level training and conditioning underneath you. That makes a big difference. And that's certainly very encouraging to see. But now that, now that we are starting to get into the meat of Stanford's training camp, we're going to get more pieces of the puzzle start to fill in. And look, we're not going to know all the answers by November 7th. We're probably not even going to know all the answers until the end of the regular season in in, in mid-December. It's an ever-evolving thing. So no matter what happens in the first game of the season, if Stanford goes out there and, and beats Oregon, or if the Cardinal go out there and drop a stink bomb up there in Eugene. Uh, based on how things go, for the most part, I'm not going to make too much of how things go in that first game and already, already declare Stanford a finished product. Now, some things might happen that might change that, but we'll just have to see how it goes. It's going to be an ever-evolving process. We're not going to have all the answers really anytime soon. But the good news is that we are starting to get a little bit more pieces here and there as to how things could look throughout the course of the fall. It has been entirely too long since this last guy and I have chatted. He was actually on the farm last fall 
and we didn't cross paths. One of my many regrets about the 2019 Stanford football season went, but it is certainly awesome to be able to catch up with him here and now. Former Stanford tight end, the co-host of the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast covering all things college football, and for my money, the star of SportsCenter with SVP, the pride and joy of Ansonia, Connecticut, my man, Stanford, Steve Coughlin. Steve, what's up, man? Good to talk to you. How you doing? Very good to talk to you, Troy. It has been too long. Um, it, it, I, I don't know how to put it. Like, it, the Big Ten starting this week, so, like, us Pac-12 guys are kind of, you know, still intrigued and, you know, just just waiting. Um, yeah. I, 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 I can't wait to see what they look like. I know, you know, the idea the fans not going to be there is going to, you know, be affected, you know, um, as opposed, you know, based on the school. You know, what I should say, we saw what uh, old Dan Mullen in Florida thought of things happening in College Station. So yeah. you're going to – you're not going to have those uh, those ordeals in the Big Ten and in the Pac-12. So yeah. it, very, very intrigued. Very intrigued, but awesome to be on with you. Yeah, hopefully not those kinds of ordeals. All of our fingers are crossed and certainly look at yeah. what's happening in Florida this week. Boy, that's getting more and more interesting by the day, it seems. Uh, but let's talk overall grand scheme of things with college football. Um an intriguing year, uh, maybe the quality of ball, maybe not quite up to where it normally is for, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, what stood out to you overall? Trends, anything like that? What stood out to you as you sat down and watched college football so far this season? Uh, wow, that's – well, general grand scheme of things, after Saturday night, we've been through a pandemic, and look who's still standing at one and two. Um, uh, Everybody, I think, wanted to try and formulate a play in their head where they were going to be the team that uh, dethrones Clemson or Alabama, and then still we've seen both those teams take a couple tests early on. Um, I did think it was pretty funny that Clemson knew Alabama was playing in primetime last week, and Dabo went out and put 73 on Georgia Tech. And sure enough, the world wants to talk about Bama because of that offense. Um, I I do get a little upset at how people are dissecting things on the field, um, and that and that goes to you know I, you hear people talk about all oh, the tackling is terrible. What'd you think it was going to be good? Like these guys can't go near each other during practice, man. Like tackling is a repetition thing. You have to do that all the time. And, uh, you know, I saw Coach Shaw, I think it was last week, you know, first day they could tackle. And he's like, we got there. We got work to do. But that's what we expected to do, you know. So, it's it, – it, I just – I mean, these guys, you don't know what they're – you're talking to guys – I'm talking to a couple of guys that coach in the Sun Belt. And they're just talking about the criteria in the, in the, in the process and the protocol, what they have to do every single day to practice – to have meetings, to, to get everybody in the same room to eat meals. Like, it is so tedious. And I get it. We This is what we're supposed to do, and everybody knew that they were going to do this going in. But for to bang on people for, you know, you know, what they're doing as they're trying this hard to get the product right and to give the people something to watch and, and to go out and, and, and try and show their, you know, they're doing their own thing, it kind of makes me upset. And uh, I just – I've tried to have a positive outlook. Uh, I, I commend – these staffs and what they're doing. So it's, uh, it's, I think the big 10 with the, with knowing how big those fan bases are, we're going to get a whole nother wave of seeing how, Oh, wow. I can't believe this has happened in this. Like 
let's be positive. Let's enjoy the product on the field. Let's try and think about the time these guys have put in because they put in because they 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 want to do this. You know, the guys that don't didn't want to do it, they're not playing. You know, so um, let's let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. We love the sport. Yeah, yeah. Not easy to do this even during normal circumstances. You're you're full full well aware of that, but all mm-hmm. the constraints that are being placed upon folks, uh, and and rightfully so, we are trying to beat a pandemic here. But all the constraints that are being placed on folks uh, has kind of made the made things a bit interesting to watch uh, around the country. Pac-12 mm-hmm. gets its chance coming up on November the seventh. Oregon's picked to win, but I've got some questions. You know, new quarterback, you know, they are hit hard with their defensive secondary, although they've had some, some returns there with opt-outs in that, in that respect. I've got questions about the Ducks. Me personally, I have fewer questions right now about USC and Arizona mm-hmm. State. By the way, those two teams meet in the very first game of the season, 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff on November the 7th. Uh, am, am I crazy for perhaps kind of thinking that maybe it's possible that the Pac-12 could very well be decided in the very first game it's played? Oh, that's uh, – that's. I mean, when you put it like that, it, it could – I mean, yeah, I mean, look at how everything is shrunk down. Um, you know, everything is magnified, and those results are going to be – mean a lot more. Um, everybody knows who they're not playing. You know, if that makes sense, you know, like, you know, everybody talks about you only play who's on your schedule. Well, this year in the Pac-12, there's there's a couple things that people are looking at that, you know, um, that we usually see, I should say, you know, uh, as far as the crossover uh, teams. But I, no, I'm not, I'm not going to call you crazy at all because when you look, I'm, I'm with you on SC. I absolutely love the hire of Todd Orlando's defense coordinator. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I got to know him a little bit going back to his days when he coached with Randy Edsel at UConn, and they got UConn to a fiesta bowl. I mean, the guy knows how to coach. Uh, he, he's, he's, I think it's exactly what USC needs, if, 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 if we put that way. And old Herm, man, old Herm down in Tempe is just – you talk about stacking the cupboards. He's got talent. He threw the freshman in at quarterback last year. The kid played well. They got the huge win over Oregon. Um, the momentum is, is increased. I love what Herm's done with his staff, the guys that, you know, w- w- that he's put uh, put there for recruiting, and just overall knowledge. Uh, uh, he's surrounded himself with a great group. So that's very interesting. Oregon, I do. I have questions with you, and I hate to say this, but to me, the North starts with the team across the bay, and oh. that's the team. I don't see – I saw that they're an underdog against Washington, and I, 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 don't, I don't see why you do that. I, I think Cal's a better football team than Washington going in week one. No doubt. Uh, Washington, I think I saw new coach, new left tackle. Um, I mean, new quarterback. Yep. Um, it's – that's a, that's a lot to thing, and, and, and Cal, I, th- I feel like they're just hiding over those hills in, in Berkeley and just saying, you know what, we kind of like what we got over here. Uh, let everybody else talk about all the, you know, the flash and everything up north. So I, I, I really think highly of Cal this year, and that, that hurts to say. Yeah, I, I can imagine. But, you know, there's certainly a lot to like there. I mean, Cal with continuity no at quarterback, with continuity at head coach that you don't see around the Pac-12 North for the most part, as you mentioned. They've got a, they should have another, uh, another round of a fantastic defense as well. Now, most of those things can also be applied to Stanford as well. Davis mm-hmm. Mills coming back, his first year completely running this show, but we certainly saw a lot of him last season. Yep. And David Shaw uh, entering another year running the show for Stanford. Defensively, a lot of questions, but – I think a few things to like about Stanford as well. What's your initial read on the Cardinal for this upcoming fall? 
No doubt. I'm optimistic about Stanford this year. Uh, really like what I've seen um, from from everybody coming in, uh, you know, with the off season and where it's gone and where it had, you know, I should say where it started, where it has gone, and then to see, you know, how practice is going. I I I know I'm probably missing somebody, and teams have more, you know, NFL talent on their teams, but I don't think there's a team in the country that's going to be hurt. hurt we're on both sides of the ball worse than Stanford. I mean, Paulson Debo is, is a first round corner. He's opting out. And, and I listen, I totally get that decision. And I totally get Walker Little. He didn't play last year, but that's a, that's a start left. That's an NFL tackle at left tackle that you don't have. So I think hopefully the time has given them. They knew, they knew I think they knew that the, the, this was going to happen with those two guys. Um, so I, I just, you mentioned the questions on the defense. I'm just, ecstatic for the opportunity for Davis Mills man it's been a long time coming I've followed him when he was in high school and was super excited when we got him and we all know what's happened with him you know with the unfortunate injuries but I'm just I just really really hopeful and and happy to be able to watch him play every week when the time comes because I think he has all the goods um I know people are raving about the receiving core uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that opportunity. And listen, you got to figure coach, you, you got to trust coach Shaw when it comes to figuring out things on the offensive line and playing to their strengths. Um, you know, we saw them put the ball up more when they had our Sega white side and, and our, it, it, it's our Thago white side now. Huh? Oh. I, I, I just realized that the other day. we're that. going our <laughs> Uh, I heard on the NFL broadcast the other day. So, um, you know, he, we saw Coach Shaw, you know, put it up more with, with um, KJ and, and JJ when they had that going. So I'm interested to see what our strengths are because I don't know. I mean, I know the quarterback is is as good as we've had in a while. So I, I put the trust in him that, you know, he puts it in, in quarterback's past that he's trusted where, you know, we're got a couple things when we come to the line of scrimmage and our quarterback is going to get us in the right play. So I'm excited to see that opportunity for Davis Mills uh, especially. Yeah, I, I'm not a betting guy myself, but uh, anytime you're looking at Stanford right now, uh, I would take the over. <laughs> not, not, not just because of what Stanford can do offensively, but defensively, that might be a, a bit interesting at times uh, okay. as well. Um, this year in Sports Center with SVP, uh-huh. I'm sure has been super remarkable on so many different levels uh the pandemic no live sports for months and then all of a sudden just a convergence of everything happening all at once uh oh by the way we're in the middle of a volatile election year in which some things that are that are being brought up on that side are spilling over into the sports world and oh by the way you guys moved down to dc this year (laughs) uh just just take me through this year in the show and and how it's changed how you guys have done things? Uh, well, thank the Lord for FaceTime and Skype uh, to be able to. I mean, we've done interviews. I mean, we had Stephen Jones, I think, before the NFL draft from his ranch out in, in somewhere in Texas, uh, <laughs> joining us to talk about the Cowboys and the draft. Um, as far as the move, we knew we were moving about a year, probably over a year uh, ago. And it was, it was, you know, a process getting to start. I luckily got down here in February to check out some areas of housing and stuff like that. And then obviously the pandemic in March. So that was, that kind of got pretty tiresome kind of house shop online. Uh, when you don't know an area that, that was challenging uh, and stressful. Uh, but when it, it comes to the show, man, it was, 
that that was super stressful, man. You're your sports center. You're relying on highlights of games to show the people what's going on every night in the sports world, and we didn't have anything. Um, so it was it was challenging, man. You, you you got people trying to throw ideas out there. It got a, it gets a little testy in the room when some people think something's something's a big deal. Um, so it's you know we hung our hats on on the NFL draft and tried to give everybody something that way, um, you know. And it was just, I mean. To Scott's credit, how many times can you have Woj on say, hey, Woj, what's the latest on this bubble thing? <laughs> um, Jeff Passon, I think we counted before I left for D.C. In a 80-show span, he was on 24 times talking about the different ideas that baseball had. So um, it, was, it was a long um, process. Uh, you had to realize we were there every night, too. Not everybody – I mean, the campus – I mean, you used to work there back in the day. It was – We'd come in at five, six o'clock at night and it was our show staff, which is about 11 people. And then, you know, three security guards, and you know how big our campus is. And that was, that was it. Cafeteria shut down, had to, had to order stuff on your phone uh, to get that. Like it was, it was pretty um, boring uh, just because of knowing what that ESPN campus it brings to the table as far as, you know, people on campus and TVs on and people watching games and knowing, you know, the, the fandom that's there and, and how intense it could get, you know, when you got breaking news and you got games ending and, you know, shows are trying to meet a deadline. So it was, it was very, very challenging. Uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done, especially since I came over to TV after radio was just trying to come up with content when you don't have anything. So it was, uh, it got dicey a little bit, but we we uh, we 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 uh, we got through, and I'll, it's a tribute to the to other producers on the show. Um, I thought they just did a great job uh, of just trying to keep you know having a plan every day and 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 not letting any go. Uh, what is it? No stone unturned. Uh, turn them all over and see what we got here. So it was it was good. We got there, and uh, DC's been awesome, man. We share the same studio as uh, Tony and Michael with PTI right. and. Yep. You literally just flip the cameras around, and uh, that that's our set, and they've been awesome uh, letting us back in, uh, you know, to there. Scott's obviously from here. That was part of it. He wanted to move down here. So it's it's been great. Uh, family's been good. We just got to – can't really explore as much as we want with the pandemic going on, and, and this is an incredible place to, to live. So we're uh, looking forward to uh, when, when everything gets right. Yeah, yeah. Ben's Chili Bowl in, in D.C. That, that's uh, right. You texted me that. Yes, yes. That's that's the spot. I got to find that. And look, the struggle for content, it was real <laughs> for yeah. all of us, but you guys have done a fantastic job uh, all the way throughout, and I'm sure we'll continue to do so as, as we get all the stuff coming all at once. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, you were back on campus last fall for the 20th reunion of the 1999 Rose Bowl team. I still can't believe it's been that long. Uh, yeah. I had Troy Walters on this show uh, uh, back in the spring, talk with him about it. I got to get your thoughts on, on, on that squad and, and just what it was like coming back, remembering and seeing the guys 20 years later. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny, Troy. When you bring that up, it's we're like on the – you know, it was Y2K before we played that day in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. Never, you know, there was people like, oh, you're going to go to bed. We're not, you know, your alarm clock's going to be broken or, you know, the electricity's not going to work. Like, you heard everything back in the day. But, like, we were right on that fine line, like, before MySpace and before that. Like, we had just got – my first email address was when I got to Stanford, you know. Like, the, the ability to communicate uh, with your friends was was – 
it felt like it, it, we didn't realize what we had in our hands, like when we graduated, you know? So I think there was a couple of years that guys definitely lost out on, on keeping in touch with each other. And then slowly, but surely, you know, I was never a Facebook guy, but I know guys were talking on Facebook and, you know, we've tried to come back um, every five years since then to do something. So it was, uh, it was really cool. Like we got, I got to see a good five, 10 guys that I hadn't seen in 20 years. Um, obviously the, the mainstay and, and everybody coach dub was there and, and, and doing his thing as only he can do holding court. Um, it's, uh, it was, it was really cool. Um, it, it, obviously the place has changed. Um, it is, it is, I mean, for somebody that, you know, wants to, I mean, I, I, it's funny whenever I see, um, we had uh, Joe McHale, the actor on, uh, right. SV pod this week. And I was talking like, he was a walk on back on the, those, those, those UW teams, you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. uh, with the, with the dudes. And, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, Ernie Conwell and Mark Bruner and Lincoln Kennedy. And it was funny. I was looking at old pictures of Conwell. Cause I was like, man, I got to show Scott, this guy, how big he was and, and, and a monster he was. And sure enough, it was Conwell. And in the back, you just saw those old ass ugly gold bleachers the old stanford stadium <laughs> and i'm like man you walk around that stadium now and it's it, oh it's so nice uh so nice um to see what the players got and they actually have a locker room down by the stadium uh they don't have to get changed up up top and walk down like we used to so coach Shaw, i mean the the, the the what the staff has done to make it more comfortable for the players it has been awesome he's obviously a former player in a program and, and welcome everybody in and always has his door open to any alumni that, that reaches out. So uh, it was, it was really cool. Um, you know, we're, I do 20 years is 20 years, man. We're, yeah. we're getting older. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> so it, uh, it, 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 it was fun though. Uh, coach Bratton, our old line coach was there and it, uh, it was, he had the old pictures from like when we clinched against, uh, Cal and, and Notre Dame, like stuff like that. We went over to Zots for a couple, uh, and everybody had, you know, was just, you know, reliving the reliving the good old days. Joe Borchard was in the house. It wow. Was, it was all good. It was all good. It was great. Great to be around some of those guys that I haven't – I mean, I moved back right after college. So, you know, and that's the one thing about Stanford. That locker room is, you know, southeast, midwest, southwest, California, Seattle. You know, it's it, – we're all over the place. So, that – that that ability to communicate, I think, took us a couple of years. But there's a lot of guys that that we keep in touch with now, and and you know, it's 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 one of a kind, and it's one of the reasons why I chose to go to Stanford was that balance in the locker room and the different types of people that you're going to meet. It's it's just awesome, and it still is like that today. Yeah, it was really cool uh, to to have that moment in that Arizona game, and plus, y'all showed up for for a really good one. Last yeah, year as, uh, <laughs> as, as KJ put on a clinic that night. A couple did. last a uh, couple last things here for you. Uh, Stanford Steve and the Bear taking the podcast world by storm. Tell folks about it. Uh, Bear and I obviously you know the Bear from College Game Day every yep. day, and yep. um, we started a podcast. God, we got this is five six years. We're we put it out every Wednesday uh, during the week, trying to give people some college football picks if they want to gamble on that. But just look, I mean, this week we're just going to do, uh, uh, you know, I want to do a, a segment just based on what do we think we know about the Big Ten? Um, because it's if you ask anybody, it's just Ohio State's going to be really good and they probably won't lose. That's it. That's all you hear. Uh, there's a lot of cut. There's a lot of player change. There's more players, obviously, in that conference that opted out. 
Um, you know, a lot of different things going on. Our old guy, Mr. Harbaugh, has got a new quarterback in Ann Arbor. Um, Heat's getting on uh, Mr. Frost in Nebraska a little bit. Like, there's there's plenty to talk about. So, uh, we try and give the fans some, you know, bears on the road every week with game day still, and they're doing their thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's different, but we're trying to keep it consistent and uh, just keeping people, you know, in the loop as far as, uh, you know, latest news and and what 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 you might be looking for in a game that we I mean we are game watchers uh, I know a lot of people some people are out there for the hot takes and all that stuff but we are game watchers and we're watching games nonstop. so it's just trying to give the people something from watching all these games and giving them some useless knowledge that I write down and scribble down when I'm watching games <laughs> and uh, or I'm at work on certain nights so um yeah check it out it's wherever you get your podcast Stan Stephen the Bear every Wednesday afternoon yeah, y'all, y'all do a fantastic job on that. Uh, as we wrap this up, I'll fill in the blank for you. Um, in your mind right now, as we speak, for Stanford to make noise in the Pac-12, blank needs to happen. Um, the defense has to show some stability. All right. I'll buy that. I mean, from from what I from what I'm hearing with the skill positions on offense, we're gonna we're gonna be all right there. And you know, I thought we would be better on on defense. It just feel, I mean, injuries. It felt like everybody got hurt last year. Um, so it's looking for a little stability. Uh, be nice to get some. What was it? What was the old uh, hashtag they had with Shane Skull? Party in the backfield. Right. Yeah. Be nice to get that thing trending again, huh? Those. Yeah. Those were some good days watching some Stanford football, Ooh, man. Scove, Blake Martinez, uh, yep. uh, tr- uh, Trent Murphy, uh, all of them. Uh, Chase Thomas. Good lord, those were some Anderson, dudes. Oh. <laughs> bring them back, man. Bring them back. Bring them yeah. back. Let's see if the tree fence can bring it back uh, this upcoming fall. Um, the college football season is here around much of the country. We're getting there in the Pac-12, but covering it uh, as well as anybody, if perhaps not better, is our man, Stanford Steve Coughlin. Steve, thanks a bunch. Always appreciate the time. It can't be too long until our next chat, and we'll talk again soon. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Troy. Appreciate you having me on. My man, Steve Coughlin. Always enjoy uh, catching up with him, and uh, really cool uh, to see what he is doing now as uh, he works with uh, Scott Van Pelt on, on the best the best studio highlights show general sports out there right now. I, I don't I don't even think it's it, it, it's really uh, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's really that close uh, in that category. And uh, Steve and I, uh, we worked together at ESPN Radio during my days at the ESPN Radio Network in uh, Bristol, Connecticut. And I'll never forget uh, 2006 Stanford versus Washington. Of course, 2006 was a very forgettable <laughs> season for, for the Cardinal, but, but Stanford was up at Washington, and Steve and I were, of course, keeping a close eye on that game, and the Cardinal had a lead over the Huskies heading into the fourth quarter. So Steve and I walked around the, walked around the ESPN Radio studios with our four fingers up. <laughs> we put the fours up. All right, fellas, go close it out. <laughs> and they did. The Cardinal getting the win over the Huskies that day. I think that might have been their first win up in Seattle in 31 years at that point. And uh, getting what turned out to be their only win of the 2006 campaign. So that was, uh, <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a pretty neat moment. And, and, and look, don't forget, I mean, there are a lot more friends of Stanford at ESPN than you might think. Don't forget this. And we've had a bunch of them on our show. Steve Coughlin today. 
Uh, Rod Gilmore, college football, a few weeks ago. Uh, Ramona Shelburne, who does amazing work, uh, mostly in the NBA, but also as a, also as a writer uh, for, for ESPN.com. Uh, Jessica Mendoza with uh, her work with baseball. Kyle Peterson. Uh, everybody loves Dave Fleming. You know, so there are, and there are probably a few folks that I'm, I'm, I'm not quite remembering off the top of my head. Ivan Maisel uh, had him on the show back in July or September or one of those times. Look, time is just all running together, as you might realize. But I think you get my point here. There are a lot of friends of Stanford roaming the halls at ESPN. At one point, I was one of them. And it was really cool uh, to be one of those guys. Scott Reese, the current uh, play-by-play voice of Stanford football and men's basketball, uh, he was at ESPN for a few years as well. That's where we got, we got a chance to hang out there a, a lot during our, during our days back there. So... You know, say what you want to about ESPN, and you know, are they perfect? No, but keep in mind, there are a lot of voices that back Stanford, who roam that hall, who roam those halls, and help shape the conversations of of many of the sports that you love. And to me, that's pretty darn cool. So take that, Syracuse. Ooh, have you seen Syracuse play football this year? Ooh, <laughs> you. You want to respond to any of Steve Coughlin's interview with us? Best way to do it is to hit me up on Twitter, hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast is the way to go there. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Uh, subscribe it, download it, listen to it, but 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 be more proactive. You know, rate and review the show as well. I always appreciate the feedback, and I always certainly appreciate the ratings and reviews too. I, I I cannot stress that enough. If you don't do anything else this week, besides vote and wear a mask, rate and review the show if you haven't already via your favorite listening app, and subscribe too if you haven't done that already. We will come at you next week, and then after that. It's game week, so starting the first week of November, uh, that's when we'll start coming at you. We'll have we'll have just one show the first week of November. We'll start coming at, coming at you twice a week after that during the football season. A preview episode and a review episode. So we'll get back into our uh, game week uh, posting mode once the season begins. And I, for one, cannot wait until that. Until then... Thank you for joining us on the show. Special thanks once again to our special guest, Steve Coughlin from ESPN Sports Center with SVP and co-host of the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. Oh, I can't wait to talk to that dude again sometime soon. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet, just as dumb as the person who refuses to wear a mask, mask it, or casket. That's as simple as I can put it. Treat everyone with kindness and vote. I have. Talk to you next week on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network.